0: You are now listening to The Open Canvas.
1: Hey, it's Taj Alexander. Thank you to everyone who's been listening to the podcast. Really appreciate all the support, all the love. Just want to let you know, The Open Canvas has just launched its first clothing collection. You can find it on theopencanvas.com. Let's get into the episode. I guess we're starting now. Great. <laughs> Open Canvas, this is Taj Alexander. I'm here with a very special guest. Um, we met at was it, was it an everyday people party?
0: I think probably Yeah Yeah, yeah. yeah. And
1: um, you know Not just like being there to be seen Or being there even just to do a job mm. It's like you, you care about people And I think yeah. that sort of like Really projected And everyone felt that And feels that you Thank know? you. Absolutely. I really so.
0: appreciate that.
1: No problem. Yeah, and um, along with that, you know, your photography and, and so many other things that you do, you know, I just feel like it's, it's it needs to be, you know, highlighted and shown. Thank you. You, you. know, and, and, you know, so this is my joy to be able to speak with you here, so... Without any further ado, please introduce yourself.
0: Wow, man. Thank you. I am really touched. Thanks, touch. <laughs> <laughs> Um My name is Alana, and I am a photographer, a podcast producer, a lover of movement and people and spaces where people are making things and doing things mm-hmm. wonderful together. Um, and yeah, I'm also a multimedia artist, I guess you could say. Yeah. I do a lot of different things. I wear a lot of different hats uh, and I enjoy them all. Nice,
1: yeah. nice. Well, thank you for being on the Open Canvas. Thank
0: you so much for having me. Absolutely. I, I really love listening to all of the the sh- I think I missed the most recent few episodes, um, mm-hmm. but it's it's wonderful to be here. And as I said, I think before we started recording, a little funny for me to be on this side of the right, mic. So right. forgive my,
1: <laughs> <It's all laughs> I good. feel like
0: if I'm a mumble mouth.
1: No, but even our first conversation, mm-hmm. I just feel like, you know, it was just about people, you know, beyond just like the different titles and labels of what we do. Like mm-hmm. it was more about like our being and our state of mind mm-hmm. that we were talking about. And, yeah. you know, I really, you know, appreciate people like that. We go to different events and parties and things like that. But, you know, for me, it's, it's never about just, like, being out. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. not the end goal. You know, it's about, you know, really connecting with the people around you and appreciating the people in your life. You oh,
0: know? man, I so appreciate that. And I so I mean, I know I told you before, too. Like, I really appreciate what you're doing with this. It really speaks to me in the same way in that, yeah, when we've, like, our first real conversation, I feel like, was really about how kind of, wild and beautiful it is that there are so many people out here creating things and striving and and just trying to figure it out yeah. and how also beautiful it can be when that happens in community right. um you know and i think sometimes i tend to like go internal or or a lot of my work being solo kind of in some ways can help me or move mm. in some ways but i really respect the way that you that yeah that you build community and and that the open canvas creates space for that community uh because that's something that i always kind of every every now and then i'll be like oh damn wait i'm missing this <laughs> element of it i gotta reconnect and mm. so i i really appreciate having you know just it it's a beautiful resources and even the right word it's mm. just a, it's a beautiful energy and it's a beautiful collective energy and it's i'm grateful to be you know around it thank you
1: thank yeah. you really you're and I, and I receive that i really do receive that thank you i mean it. Yeah. <laughs> so so where are you from
0: so i'm from outside philadelphia i can't claim philly i wish i could yeah. i'm from, from the burbs um
1: <laughs> like bucks county or? yes okay, yeah, yeah exactly
0: bucks county uh i grew up in a little, little town called washington crossing
1: okay yeah.
0: and then i went to school in philly um which was wonderful. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I graduated in 2010. For about five or six years, I was kind of all over the place, moving around around the world, and uh, and then landed back in Brooklyn. Really, I guess like 2016.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Where around the world were you?
0: So when I first graduated, um, I moved to Hyderabad in India for a really small digital storytelling fellowship. With this program called the Modern Story, and I was teaching digital storytelling to kids in uh, seventh and eighth standard. Yeah, and that was really dope. That was about seven months long. Um, and then I moved back and was like, "What the fuck do I do with my <laughs> life?" And I was applying to grad schools. Yeah. Um, and then by kind of like a freak chance, I landed a nannying gig in New York with a family that lived between New York and Paris, and. So I turned down grad school and <laughs> spent a year, <laughs> spent a year, going back and forth with them. and
1: nice.
0: At age 23, taking care of a nine-month-old, four-year-old—that like? was wild. That was really wild. Um, I'm so grateful for it, mm. and um, I'm still in touch with the family. And the girls are now eight and 12, which blows my mind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't really grow up with like little cousins or anything, mm. so it, they they kind of feel like that to me now. Definitely. Um, Definitely but yeah they were they were my babies for a while um and yeah you know it was like it was a really interesting experience for many reasons one it was the most intimate look i had at a relationship aside from my parents i would say how so in that like living with a family um spent like in my early 20s uh, and thank goodness they they have they're very i would say they're a very healthy family in many ways um but there's just like shit you see when you live with people Mm. um the way that they deal with finances like the way they make the choices they make about how they care for their children how they care for themselves how they engage the people in their lives you have a lot of access to that in ways that you don't if you're not you're not living with people or not traveling with them constantly and so that was kind of like an unexpected bonus I would say. Um, It was also really interesting because uh, the family I work for is in in the entertainment industry and um, at that age I didn't have as much of a sense of self or like where I was going or what I was doing and so you know part of my job was to kind of be present, but not be the focus of things. You know, right, right, right. Like I was being paid well, um, and I was being paid to take care of the kids, right. but I wasn't, you know, kind of like central to what was going on. And so mm-hmm. I, th- I think going from, you know, college where where it's all about like you and right. growing and you know developing who you are, and then, um, and then hopping into this kind of intense space of just kind of needing to navigate and figure out kind of silently like how to how to be in the background of things yeah yeah yeah. also because i have such a big mouth and i love talking (laughs) to people and meeting people it was it was it was really you know it was like a it was an ego thing too Mm -hmm. like i had to figure out how to be of service and how to like do the job i'm here to do and care for these kids and like be supportive to this family um yeah and so i would you know a year of it was really intense also because the girls were really young um and so at the end of that year they they moved uh to la to for a project and and i moved to zurich for for a project (laughs) um but i ended up working for them again for another year later on when the girls were older and i was older and and again i was really grateful to just like be Almost more of a family friend in some ways at that point, right, right, right. but I, I learned a lot of lessons about how to carry myself and how mm-hmm. to like care for others and listen mm-hmm. to others and kind of observe the situation around me and adapt to that and you know kind of just like have my antenna up at all times yeah. and yeah so it was a, it was a good education in a lot of ways. I
1: feel like <laughs> yeah, it seems like you were learning some photography skills through that.
0: Yes, yeah, you know you're so right. I hadn't even fully thought about that, um, but. The girls were my like first long-term documentary project. Mm. I would say that I had I had I had bought my first film camera in Hyderabad mm. off of this um, this optometrist who bought it for medical school wow. and never used it again. And I can't. I found him on couch surfer I guess that website um, yeah I
1: remember that yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 yeah. and so we like met
0: up at an ice cream shop I think <laughs> <laughs> and he sold me this camera and, and I was photographing um, in Hyderabad and wherever I was traveling to and yeah shortly thereafter when I got this nanny gig I, I was you know I was really into using the camera and, mm. and exploring that um, and like one of the first days I was on the job asked was like, you know can I just take photos of the girls to share with asked, asked the couple I was working with to share them with you I won't put them mm. anywhere else but like you know I'd, I would love to document since I'm going to be so cool, here all the time right, um, right. And and it was yeah, it was really wonderful they said yes they were grateful for it and mm. so I would make them photo albums for the holidays or for the birthdays. And and because we were traveling a lot and, you know, being exposed to like all of these spaces that I don't know that I would have found myself in right. um, without that, you know, without kind of their lead. Uh, yeah. It was this really, beautiful opportunity to could continue exploring in that way. Wow! Yeah. I just yeah, I just
1: feel like you you're doing that like sort of like you said like sort of being able to be observant and sort of see what's happening and notice things like in your role, you know, sort mm-hmm. of prepared you for sort of what you're doing now. Either.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're, you're always right, yeah. you're
1: always like aware but also present. You yeah. know, that's the thing. It's like looking at what's happening around you, but you're not, like, getting lost in it. You're, you're making sure that you're still there, you know? so Thank you.
0: Absolutely. I appreciate that. I appreciate that connecting the dots. I don't yeah. know that I had really thought about it that way yeah, before. Yeah, you were just
1: explaining <laughs> nannying like a photographer. It was weird. I was just like, yeah, it just sounds like the parallels are all there.
0: <laughs> I really appreciate that. Yeah, you know, it's it's like uh, when I think about my, yeah, the, the photography work that I love to mm. do, I always just want it to feel how it it feels, and um, I want my photo to feel how it felt or feels. And part of that for me is being—I almost just want to be inside of the moment, and which involves being really close to it, um, that like that kind of intimacy. And I've not known before really how to fully summarize it or explain what i do but like you know often you'll see me i'm like underneath people or i'm (laughs) (laughs) on the floor in the middle of it or like you know like like truly like between between people's legs or like like (laughs) and i it is a little wild you're not not exaggerating (laughs) at all yeah yeah, Yeah. climbing shit like (laughs) but, but it's um in part because I'm short, and uh, you know I, I can't really I gotta own the space I right. own the space I have. Nobody's down there, so like the, <laughs> the angles the angles work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but the other part is it's like I don't know it's kind of the art of like my own practice of navigating how to be close without being invasive, or like how to be present but still give people space. And wow. because you know it's like I don't want to take
1: life lessons yeah, you now you know
0: how to you know how how to like I don't want to minimize myself mm. or, or like negate myself because that also feels dishonest right. like I am present right and I do affect it and it for me at least and you know I, I think documentarians are like history, you know people people who document or make that their, their work have lots of different feelings about it but um yeah, for me, it, it feels important to be honest in in how present I am, yeah. um, and that starts with the moment that I'm actually like in the space of like not trying to pretend I'm not there. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but um, you know, a- and also, I hate saying but when I mean and, so that's my that's also my constant practice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and also ensuring that I'm not taking up more space or like invading space or you know mm-hmm. so it's yeah i don't know how to explain it beyond no. that
1: you know you're, you're experiencing the moment as well mm-hmm. you know yeah. that's that's a good feeling it's like when you can actually enjoy yourself mm-hmm. but also sort of like capture something that you know is rare as well so, yeah like, so after working with the family yeah you know sort of what transitions you into like your next sort of the next choice thing yeah. Move, yeah
0: so so i would say you know, looking back on it, I can draw, it's nice that I can now draw, like, a narrative thread through things. Yeah. Um, in the moment, it definitely felt like like every nine months I had some sort of tiny early life crisis. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, where, yeah, so at the end of um, the year that I was nannying, this family is moving to L.A. And they were super sweet, and they were like, we'd love you to come along, but we also understand if that's not... The right thing, and it felt like a good moment um, for me to also take a step back because I was so, I was so attached to the girls that I couldn't really separate. Like when I would go home, I would still think about them, and I was yeah. like, "This is not. I need to right. work <laughs> on this. <laughs> I need to develop. I need to like get these healthy boundaries mm-hmm. going." So I was like, "Okay." Um, and my ex, uh, who I I've been dating in college, um, he was living in Zurich, mm-hmm. and um, working for this, these professors of architecture and urban design who mm-hmm. primarily focus on informal settlements in the global south. Mm-hmm. And he was doing multimedia work for them and knew that they were about to start this book project and was like, you could do this stuff yeah. that they need done. Yeah. And I was like, uh, okay, <laughs> so <laughs> so I went and I started working at the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology right. for these professors, wow. um, which was, you know, I studied English and like, I was into design and you know, was down to, to research and do what was needed. The book that I ended up really helping move through like writing, editing, research, copy, copy editing, publication, you know, yeah. like distribution, um, all the things that I kind of learned along the way <laughs> in the process, um, right. <laughs> um, uh, was, uh, about Tori, da- uh, Tori David, which is the largest vertical informal settlement, at least at the time. So it was this really big skyscraper, um, in Caracas that, yeah was squatted and then built out by the people who inhabited it and it was totally informally so without services from the government or like you know city resources um and so i spent a year working on that project with them about this space and uh I i went i went for multiple reasons one to be closer to this person that i cared about and also because i i was like yeah i do like books and research and learning new things and um let me see what i can do um you know zurich was interesting Mm -hmm. i was not earning a ton of money um it's a really expensive city uh um but i learned a lot and especially learned a lot about urban infrastructure and it was a really great opportunity to think about all of the different actors and factors in city life and the way that we all live together and and our resources and and also kind of like each person's agency to build and create space for themselves. um you know often I think like I all speak about myself like I think that growing up there were definitely a lot of things that I saw as like the domain of an expert like architecture or you know even, like, a newspaper. Like, that was made by people who, who like, were specialists or knew their yeah. shit. Earned.
1: And, yeah, it, Yeah, exactly, exactly.
0: Um, and I've, I don't know, part of it feels like part of the past 10 years for me has been kind of, like, respecting that on the one hand, but also helping myself to open that up a little bit. Right. In that, like, we all can participate yeah. if we want to or if it's, you know, by necessity for a lot of people. A lot right. of people don't have access to to the experts or to the Mm. the resources and so like yeah you just need to do it yourself
1: yeah yeah so so living in this country were you you know taking your camera with you yeah like you're in a whole different environment
0: yeah 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 so i i mean i think part of what was challenging for me was that i wasn't connected to a lot of stuff yeah but i did have my camera and um yeah my camera has always been for me my kind of companion Mm. in a lot of ways um so it's also my excuse to do things on my own.
1: It's your uh, passport. Yeah, it is my passport
0: for real. Like you know, I would go see shows um, sometimes in Zurich and by myself, and take my camera, and like yeah. it's my excuse to, to go do something. Um, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. So through work, got to travel quite a bit, but like I was I was pretty disconnected, I would say, mm-hmm. like in, in that moment, mm-hmm. which was partly why I left eventually. Oh, where'd you go? Um. So. I came back, I moved back home for, like, a few months, and, uh, it was a, it was a rough spot, I would say, yeah, I like, mean, I like, mean. I definitely, um, I'm pretty open in general about the fact that, like, I, I've, depression is something that I've experienced throughout my life, and I have a pretty good relationship with now, right, um, right. but, like, it comes in waves, and I think, especially when I'm disconnected from stuff, like, it can, it can, it can, get pretty intense and so for a few months when i got back it was just like back to square one of all right where's up where's down Mm. let me get my feet on the ground um and that's actually when i started practicing yoga most consistently which has been i think like photography my other uh my other means of Mm. grounding myself Mm. how like I think I love them both as practices. Mm. That there's, uh, for me, there's no one goal. The like, the only goal is to keep doing it right. and like to keep growing in it. Yeah. And I'm also I can be quite ambitious or competitive or mm-hmm. like goal oriented. So it's they've been important counters to or balances to that I yeah. guess for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, so I kind of like threw myself into that and then. A few months later, I moved to India, um, mm. <laughs> which did not actually follow from the yoga, but uh, was great right. in that they kind of happened for me at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I moved to Mumbai for a fellowship wow. um, with the American India Foundation. And so the AIF fellowship, every year, um, it's usually a year long. Mm. I ended up doing it for two years. Um, they have like 20 to 30 young professionals from different also like different sectors law um, medicine
1: business commerce
0: yeah all the, all yeah. the things um <laughs> and they've and so AIF is like a larger funding organization yeah and they work with lots of different NGOs around the country and so they place different fellows with different NGOs for a year um as kind of like a resource for that NGO and so I um ended up in Mumbai and and I was with an organization called Upnaya. that was a uh, it's a rights-based community development organization. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're based in this area called um, Shivaji Nagar in Govandi, which is like a very socially and geographically isolated section of the city mm-hmm. that surrounds this dumping ground that is supremely toxic and mm-hmm. should have been closed like 30 years ago. It's the oldest and largest dumping ground in Bombay. and. Um, and the community, a lot of the community members um, work like informally in scavenging on the dumping ground. Um, there's like big business in Mumbai in recycling for profit um, from materials. There's no like formal recycling system. It's all dependent on these informal recycling communities. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, the average lifespan when I was there was like 39 years. It's a really it's a really, and it's also because it's an informal settlement, um, or it's considered an informal settlement by the government, mm. um, like the city municipal government. Mm. Um, but even though people have been living there for like 60 years, but because of that, there uh, isn't formal access to um, uh, sewage systems or water mm. or, um, you know they managed to get it, but it's like through a water mafia and, and there's, you know, open, open kind of like sewage drains. And, um, and so I went in there at first and I was tasked with like some data analysis and quickly realized, um, cause sorry, th- the, this organization does a lot of different things. They're only based in the community. Half the, half of the employees live in the community. Um, the other laugh half live outside of it, but they do a lot of work in education and women's health and um, preventing domestic or mediating or, you know, helping to solve domestic violence issues, um, infrastructure issues. Um, yeah. And so initially I've been tasked with doing some kind of data analysis on the health side and quickly realized that like there just was a lot that was very messy or they didn't even have the data that like to be looking at. So yeah. I kind of ended up just embedded, being an embedded documentarian for about a year mm-hmm. and producing a multimedia archive for them which yeah again I'm just so grateful that I had the opportunity and and that I was w- with that community um there were just so many yeah really amazing people but I was a you know or and it, it was a lot of um sitting on the floor of clinics just right. you know chilling with babies and women and just being yeah just being and um you know again to like the what i learned in nannying how to uh i didn't i didn't speak um i didn't speak marathi or hindi um uh or bengali or, or urdu and um which in some ways I think was a blessing cuz people kind of <laughs> they you know felt at ease saying speaking around me because they knew mm. I couldn't I didn't understand what the fuck was going on <laughs> um, but it. like but you know there's a lot that can be said in the way that you and your body language Non-verbal, and yeah. you know the way that you you are with people or you know the space you give people and so i th- i think the other important thing to me in that moment too was really trying to figure out how to like be a tool
1: mm-hmm.
0: Like like, to not always be the one directing things, you know, like, like I could look around and and take images of various stuff, but like the community knows itself best. So like let someone else how how to how to encourage someone or engage someone, especially with that language to like Mm -hmm. essentially art direct or direct Mm -hmm. or like point out what needs to be documented or and and how to make myself like available. that in many
1: ways. Did you come back to the States after India?
0: I ended up staying for a second year um, because the fellowship was like, oh damn, you documented this (laughs) one organization can you stay and document the fellowship Mm -hmm. and um and so then I did in second year I got to travel around the country and visit different fellows in their different locations um and that was the other I mean the other beautiful thing about the fellowship program is that they're just wonderful people Mm -hmm. who are still some of my best friends um and a great community even though everybody was all spread out um yeah and so I got to just travel and be this media fellow the second year uh, which again like right I had my camera plus that's when I started to get into I was I was carrying like an 80 pound backpack with just tons of uh, like video and photo gear and, yeah. and audio gear and just being this one woman show which was a little nutty and I did to myself uh, but I'm so glad and you know taught myself final cut and premiere and a part of me was like man I could stay in Mumbai forever mm-hmm. um, but then it felt like if I wanted to build a life where I could move back and forth between Mumbai and New York, then like I need to go back and build a New York community for myself. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so I left Mumbai, no real plan. Um, knew that the family that I used to nanny for would probably be in Paris. (laughs) Man (laughs) wrote them and was like, hey, I'm flying back from Mumbai around this time. Are you guys gonna be in Paris? They said they were. Managed to get a ticket that landed me in Paris. I connected with them again. um, Nannied for them for a minute in Paris. They were like, what are you doing? And I was like, moving back to New York. And they were like, oh, okay. Do you want a nanny for us again? So, that's how I can kind of like made my transition back to New York. Yeah. Nannied for them for a year, traveled with them. um, And then in the summer of 2016, got uh, an internship with Panoply Mm -hmm. to start in the podcast space. And yeah, as an editorial intern.
1: For those who don't know (laughs) what Panoply is, please tell us. (laughs)
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Panoply is, or used to be a podcast network in 2016 like the industry has grown so much at the time them Gimlet like you've got the WNYC um they were still kind of figuring out their their model but they were essentially um creating their own original content in-house and also um hiring producers who they would kind of lend out to like other uh media organizations that wanted to make podcasts, but didn't necessarily, like, have their own in-house podcasting teams. Yeah, yeah, Um So I started in that in 2016 as an editorial intern. Okay. Spent three months doing that. Taught myself Pro Tools with the help of some very kind producers mm. around me. Because, um, you know, if you've, like, done Premiere, it's pretty intuitive, like, right. switch to Pro Tools. Um, then I spent, like, eight months or so, freelance producing three shows for them. Um, One of them was published weekly. The other two were like, I would record in the morning. They were for Condé Nast for um, Vanity Fair. Mm -hmm. Take my ass over to Mm -hmm. (laughs) Condé Nast. Go up, record in the morning, edit in the afternoon, and then publish at night. Um, So that, yeah, that really forced me to not be so precious Mm. with things. um, And just like...
1: Gotta do it. Yeah, <laughs> knock it out, knock it out.
0: Um, yeah, I did that for eight months and then I, I got hired to be a full time producer in their kids division, which they had just started. Yes, yes. And we launched an app uh, and I was working on original content. So, like, the app is aimed at being almost like a Netflix style aggregator of all the great kids' audio content that's out there, mm-hmm. but they also then produce original content. And yes. so I was on the original side. Um, actually that's still where I am today that nice. is that is my day job producing scripted narrative fiction for the kiddos um. <laughs>
1: no, it's amazing <laughs> and, and it's funny too because for those who know you for your like photography work <laughs> they're completely unaware of that yeah you know yeah, yeah i remember how surprised i was when you told me like wait you're in the podcast industry and like you had a whole conversation about it you know so yeah. so it's definitely like you know dope just to like see how you sort of you know are using all these different skills and interests and like using them in different fields you yeah know? so that's, that's really dope really thank dope. you
0: i yeah. appreciate that it's a wild um you know as you know with podcasts, mm-hmm. like it's a wild space right now um mm-hmm. and i I love music now, but mm. I truly only started listening to music when I was, like, 25. Everything yeah. before that <laughs> yeah. uh, was a weirdo. I I only listened to radio. Right, like right.
1: Top 40. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or not
0: even, not even. I would okay, say, yeah. I wish, I wish, I would have been healthier for mm-hmm. me. I think to at least have had some music. But I truly, I was only listening to, like, NPR or the BBC. Okay, yeah, okay, or, yeah. like, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: radio documentaries. Or, um, I think... Yeah, eventually it clicked out. I, I heard, like, I started to get into music and was like, oh, like, this is why people listen. But I think, in some ways, the sound of the human voice hmm. had, like, filled that spot for me in this yeah, weird way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, early on um right. i'd always kind of like revered it or put it on the, a pedestal as kind mm-hmm. of like this intimate medium but then yeah getting like getting into the industry which mm-hmm. is it's very much an industry and there's very much like industry shit that goes on yeah. Yeah, um yeah. it's been it's been interesting mm-hmm. to kind of be deeper in that and uh see how it's grown and changed Is like advertising money has entered the picture and all that yeah yeah Yeah.
1: apart from sort of your podcast work what about your photography work now what are you doing with that currently
0: there's a lot that i want to be doing eventually Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um right now primarily what i do is i just go to the spaces that i love to be in Mm -hmm. and photograph what i see there and feel there and share it with the people who are in my photographs whenever I can Um, that's really important to me and yeah sometimes it's kind of it's paid or like it'll be a paid gig other times I just do it as my art which definitely is an expense as well Um, but like yeah an an investment that I Mm. care about making and I'm at a point where I would really I really want to make it into more of what I do for for work yeah, <laughs> I yeah, guess I could say definitely. you know um it, it's been for so it's it's a funny thing to talk about in that I think for so long for me it's been this kind of it, it's just what I do but right. I you know I just yeah. do it for myself and I yeah. yeah yeah um but yeah there's a lot of work that I want to make and people I I would love to work with that were... right it's it's it would be more in a commercial space yeah. um so so yeah I'm truth be told with my photography right now I'm kind of just to kind of
1: learn yeah yeah it's the best place to be actually
0: yeah yeah so like i feel like there's a lot that i need to know or that i want to know about um you know even the bit like how do how do people get gigs like right. how do people make you know like where are those networks what do they look like mm-hmm. um also i have a lot of questions too about like even things like rates like photography such an informal right kind of thing, you know, Uh where it's often, like, a person-to-person interaction, or, like, people don't list their rates online, Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff, and so, again, coming from a space where it's, like, always been my, kind of, protected little Mm -hmm. art, where I, I just didn't think about that as much, um, you know, kind of trying to navigate, like, what's a, like, what's a fair rate mm-hmm. to me and mm-hmm. to like the people who would yeah. be paying it no and and think, that kind of stuff and yeah I think that's
1: like something that a lot of people who sort of use their creative talents in like sort of the, the commercial industry or i think that's sort of like a, a big thing that a lot of peers and, and, and creatives like deal with because it's it's a real thing you know you think about your value you know, yeah, like your yeah. value in sort of these spaces and sort of making sure that you're you're putting in the time and the effort and the work to somebody who's like, all right, now there's a deadline involved. Yeah. It's no longer just like just something you're just doing, you know. So yeah. like I think there's a lot of factors that a lot of, you know, young people, especially in New York City, mm-hmm. you know, that it's like you just sort of have all these other variables and factors of life.
0: Yeah. You know, yeah. that you're
1: also dealing with. Yeah. You know, to be able to sort of also navigate your way through the creative world, you know, in industry is it's difficult. You know, yeah. It's like and it's an ongoing process, you know, I don't care how far you are in it. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, for real.
0: I mean I've so I've so appreciated the open canvas for hmm. for many things like I said, but like but also just to hear other photographers, or even people who aren't photographers, but like yeah. in media spaces talking about the ways that they navigate hmm. that or you know, found like how what led to what. Um because I you know, I really try to like trust yeah. the process and trust in the flow and like get out of my own way. Um and also like from certain in certain moments it can feel like how do I find out what I don't know so right. that I can ask the question to like yeah. fill in that blank. Absolutely. And yeah, it's I really, really appreciate um I appreciate you and I appreciate, you know, the people that I've I meet who are out there who are willing to kind of share that knowledge or you know like that insight absolutely
1: well I appreciate that thank you thank you thank you for that like and it's and it's also I feel something that we should all feel like you know naturally encouraged to do you know just share knowledge information if we have it Mm -hmm. you know or even like I feel like there's even more I'd say power in saying I don't know yeah you know I think it's freeing actually because I think a lot of times especially there's this whole posturing thing where like you almost have to sort of you know, in, in this creative industry in New York, mm-hmm. people are almost forced to sort of like posture themselves as if they've done a million things. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. when you're just starting out, yeah. you know, and I think, you know, being honest and sort of saying, you know what, you know, can I ask you a question? Can, mm-hmm. You know, I don't know this. Can you help me with this? Like that is actually like uh, it's healthy. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. sort of like getting to the honesty of like what we do and not just sort Ooh, of like yes. everybody feeling like you know, feeling like everybody's killing it. And it's like yeah. No, we're all still figuring this out. Yes. Like let's be yes. real. <laughs> yes, yes, you know, yes. Like, we're all Amen. still figuring
0: this out. Like yes.
1: so, so it's it's definitely, you know, it's freeing and then it's also like we can actually build deeper bonds and relationships with people mm-hmm. when like, oh wow, like you know, they understand my struggle because they're going through it too. Yeah. Or so, yeah, like I, I didn't even think of it that way. Just like you said, you didn't think of it anymore. Yeah. Right like I didn't even think of like having these conversations as sort of a way to sort of just like help people, like even listeners to like sort of just even almost come in on a conversation yes. about like, yo, I'm struggling with this or yo, I did this and it worked. You yes. know, or even like success stories, like yeah, this worked. You know, yeah, I just stuck with it. You know, yeah. so yeah, no, that, that's for it real. For Thank real.
0: You. So yeah, for, I should say. Let me say it out front for anybody, <laughs> for anybody out there listening. I there's a lot I do not know. You know, <laughs> <Same here. laughs> so here. much. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but yeah, it, it's like the easiest way to say it is like Instagram mm-hmm. Instagram is wild like yeah. Instagram <laughs> is you know yeah. it's like it's such a great source of inspiration for me and it's it's the primary way that I've been able to share my work mm-hmm. and like connect with people like so often I'll shoot parties and then I it's really important to me right to, to get the photos to the people who are in the photos yeah. and more often than not, people will, t- will take a photo of themselves at an event and tag the event. So, like, you can just go look at an event and the people who are tagged, and I can I can find yeah. who was in the photo because right. I know what they look like, and exactly. then I can DM them and say, Hey, I have these photos. Let me send them to you. And mm-hmm. like, that that's beautiful and amazing that yeah. that we're able, you know, that I'm able to like. Follow through in, in that intention yeah. and make those connections. And it's also it it can be Instagram as a space can be this constant stream of like people like se- seeming to know what they're doing or mm-hmm. doing well, which can you know right? Like I I always I I would love if it always felt like inspiration and not mm-hmm. kind of I didn't use it as like. Reflection, Mm. you know, something to compare, reflect against. Um, you know, the goal is inspiration. Um, but right, right, but I'm human, and like,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, it it happens. So I think that it's like a funny moment where cliche to say at this point, but like, there's there's so much access and there's Mm. so much, but right, there's still stuff I don't know, and like, I gotta always check my ego and like ground myself, ground myself in like growth being the goal, and keep reaching out and keep like. Yeah, yeah. So keeping honest in where I am in the process, yeah. yeah.
1: That's something that I like that you do, is that you'll personally, like, text, like, photos. Like, and that and that's, <laughs> Thank you. It feels very personal, you know? Mm-hmm. It feels like, you know, because I remember, like, before Instagram, like, mm-hmm. if you, you know, had, like, an amazing picture or something like that, like, you would literally, like, individually share it with a friend. Yeah, you yeah, You know, and that yeah. was the thing, you know? <laughs> and it was like, oh, wow, and you guys would talk about it, and it's like, Yo, this is a great photo. But, like, I think you're right. With Instagram, it just sort of, we're just... The timeline is just like you know, yeah. it's like a faucet is turned on. Yeah, like all, yes. all this information, all these visuals that we're supposed to sort of decipher and figure out and make sense of. Yeah, it's like you don't know what's the deep content is mixed up with the shallow content. Mm-hmm. Everything is just like meshed. And, mm-hmm. you know, so like you know, for you to take the time to sort of like take the photo. You know, develop the photo Because you're you shooting film, right? Yes,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah yeah.
1: Develop the photo And then get it to digital <laughs> yeah,
0: Scan it browse Scan hours. it now, it's
1: in digital And then, you know Like you said, the process of, you know If you don't already have the person's number Or anything like mm-hmm. that Finding the person you took the photo of And then personally sending it to them Yeah You know, people don't see that you know yes. part of it yeah. and I feel like that's that's really like a labor of love you know that's really For like sure. yeah. you know if, if you know you we all experienced an event or we're in a space together at some moment yeah. in time you know to be able to have like a photographer or a videographer sort of capture those moments mm-hmm. and to be able to share it with us like mm-hmm. that's that's like super super important it's like you know yeah. it's documenting existence I think
0: yes you yeah. know, and that's,
1: that's the crazy part. We, we live so much in, like, the, you know, the future or thinking about what's next mm-hmm. or, like, sometimes we're in the past. But, mm-hmm. like, being present is so key. So, yes. like, you know, I feel like in those spaces and a lot of photographers is mm-hmm. to sort of capture that present moment, you yeah. know. And so, yeah, like, I, I see so much value in it. That's Thank all I to say. Thank
0: you. Thank you. I really appreciate yeah. that. And, you know, it's, I mean, I think we talked about this a little bit before. Like, I guess part of, you know, what's so important to me about, um Delivering, (laughs) delivering photos to people, um, you know, or at least getting it to the organizer getting, you know, kind of like finding somebody who could pass it on to someone else is, um, is that like, I guess, I I mean, almost like (laughs) I get a lump in my throat, like I, it makes me quite emotional, but like, um, it's, yeah, I just feel like super deep gratitude for everybody's what everyone contributes in a space and so like when I'm um yeah like when I when I uh photograph it's I don't know it just it's like a real honor and a blessing I think to for me um to be present and in whatever and to experience the energy and like the often joy you know I but also like anything whatever someone is is feeling in a moment that like i have uh the privilege and the honor to just witness it Mm -hmm. um and yeah i i think that especially for everywhere and especially in a city like new york it takes so much to get out the door every day like
1: so true yeah you know like (laughs)
0: there's so many there's just like a lot that can or could weigh on any one of us every yeah. day. Yeah. Personal shit, systemic shit, mm-hmm. you know, like tiny shit, mm-hmm. big sh- like like <laughs> all the things that in any given mm-hmm. day that just can stop you from showing up somewhere or mm-hmm. being present or like being there enough to express yourself or you know just like release for a minute and so um that awareness for me that like it's it's really just magical that like any gathering happens at all Mm. (laughs) and that everyone ends up there um and then like the chemistry that happens in that unique combination of individuals um that you know is kind of like ordained but also totally random um Mm. often I'm photographing and I'm present and I'm part of it but like there would be nothing for me to photograph if if mm, that that moment didn't
1: exist.
0: Yeah, like exactly. It. And if those yeah, people yeah. weren't there. And so yeah, it just yeah, my photo practice mm. feels very collaborative. Yeah. For me, I don't want to photograph people who don't want to be photographed, which can get interesting in party spaces, but but yeah, I navigate in that like I will delete or like I mean, once processed and, like, scanned, like, yeah. like I remember, like, I, I will not share mm-hmm. photos if I take a photo of somebody and they're like, what the fuck, I won't, I won't share it because, yeah. like, I want it to be collaborative and consensual and, and engaged and, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of photographers write about this, think about it, but, like, the power dynamics in photography, too, are there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so... Ensuring that when I, whenever possible, um, I can get the photos to the people who I was there with, it's like my way to kind of navigate all of that, and yeah, yeah, and just express my gratitude. Yeah, and shout out to all the event organizers mm. who do the do the hard work of yeah. creating that space.
1: Yo, shout out to Sada, everyday yes. people, the whole family there. Yes. Like, I just feel like yeah, so many. There's so many, and this is actually a beautiful time we're living in because I think there are people like the the Sadas and mm-hmm. and others who sort of understand like what we're talking about. Yeah. Understanding like the the importance of creating spaces and honoring the people within those spaces. You yeah. Know? And I feel like what with what you're doing, you know, it's sort of allowing everyone to sort of see you know the beauty that is created in these moments mm. you know so like it's really really important so Thank like you. yeah definitely like and shout out to any of the photographers videographers listening you know because yeah. you, know, you guys all really do have a, a real purpose years from now mm-hmm. You know, when people are looking back on this moment that we're living in right now, you know, mm. I feel like, yeah. you know, you guys are our storytellers in that sense, you know, yeah. in that way. So, yeah. No, thank you for it. For real. Thank
0: you. Absolutely.
1: So. <laughs> this is
0: a pleasure. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. It really is. So, man, how, how can people find your, your your work and what you're doing and what
0: yeah. you're part of? Yeah. Um, so the best way to find me or contact me um. Is my Instagram, um, and my handle is at Young Frizzle. That's Y U N G F R I Z Z L E, like Miss Frizzle. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's where I am, and uh, and that's where you can find me. Amazing.
1: Good. Once again, uh, this is Taj Alexander with Alana, <laughs> <laughs> and we're out. Thank you. To find out more about the Open Canvas, hit up our website, theopencanvas.com. Also stay tuned to our Instagram, at The Open Canvas. And for any questions or inquiries, hit up my email, TajTaj.opencanvas at gmail.com. This has been The Open Canvas, produced by Taj Alexander.